We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, just a warning before this show, whether it was the snow here in Northeast here in the US, or it was finally, in fact, Francesca and I record half a world away from one another finally catching up to us. The audio on Frances is a little off today. He was in and out, but we got through it and I still think you can get everything out of these conversations and I did my best in the editing as well. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome to episode 240 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and I'm again joined by Frances Tomas, Barca Columnist, he's on ESPN and BarcaBlog.com creator. And Frances, it's snowing here, uh, but you know what? I don't want to talk about the weather, but I also don't want to talk about Messi's contract today. Hola, culés. Um, I'm surprised that it's snowing there. Um, here in the Middle East, in Doha, it's sunny every single day. You know, never really changes. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we got news coming from Barcelona um, arguably Madrid, really. We'll get into yeah. that in a minute. But no, um, the weather in Barcelona changes all the time. Yeah, it's a podcast golden rule. You're not supposed to start by talking about the weather. But as I said, we're trying to circumvent talking about anything else. And it is, again, entirely different weather, if you're interested in that. It's snowing quite a bit here in New York. And where he is, it's a, an entirely different story. So we got different lives and different strokes. So let's get into it. As I said, I guess we can't put it off any longer. We're going to start talking messy contract then we will review Barca Athletic. And as Frances and I do, we're going to start with the negative. We're going to get into it. We're going to dig in deep. And then I have mostly positive things to say from Barca Athletic for Are the we? review. So We're going negative from the beginning today, Dan. And then we'll switch. We're not doing any positives today. We've done too many. I don't know. I think I have positive things to say about the match, but we have to get there first. So let's start with the Messi okay. business here. Lino Messi, his contract is now known to the public because it was leaked by someone in the club, someone related to Barcelona. As Frances said, Madrid paper El Mundo published documents relating to Messi's four-year deal signed in 2017 with a breakdown of the potential with all incentives met, 555 million euros that he's owned. That's the biggest ever signed by an athlete. So 555 million, 237,619, the exact figures on that number with also a 77 million dollar, well, almost 78 million euro rather loyalty bonus a lot going on there Frances, with those numbers and there's different ways to take this it's one obviously people are having the argument about what is Messi worth is this what Messi is worth and trying to decide in that fashion but i think the counter argument to that is this whole situation isn't supposed to be happening just because it was leaked doesn't mean we need to discuss it it's rather this shouldn't have been leaked at all and i think that's actually the focus of the story 
Okay. Um, there's been a lot of different ways to look at this. Um, it is obvious that the story comes from the Madrid media. Um, whoever leaked it out, which is quite clear, can only be four people, really, or four sides of people. It can be Messi himself. It can be the club. It can be Messi's lawyer. Or it can be anyone who got in contact with the contract while it was being photocopied or sent via emails or whatever. So I think that the key of the question here is not if Messi is worth it, which I'm sure we're going to get to into in a minute, is Messi is entitled to ask for what, whatever he wants. He can ask for whatever he wants, the same way that Umtiti can ask for however much he wants, and the same way that I can ask for 17 Ferraris to be sitting and waiting for me outside my house. Asking is asking. If anyone, people listening to this podcast must have a job or must have someone in their families who work, right? Anyone of us would accept a five-time pay rise without any hesitation if it was offered. If you ask for it and the people who are in charge of the club give it to you, then that's not on you, that's on them. That's number one. And uh, I think that whichever way this story ended up being in media, and obviously we are discussing it, so it's all around the world now, have a very clear interest. And the very clear interest is that we discuss whether it's fair that Messi gets paid the money he pays, uh, he gets paid. So there's quite a lot of malice in this because it's just an attempt to destabilize the club. It's an attempt to get Messi wound up, get Messi probably sort of more pushed towards the door on the way out um, as if he wasn't sort of going in that direction already. Reports from Catalonia over the last, I want to say, month, three weeks, is that Messi is more and more likely to stay than he was three months ago. Obviously, these are just reports. and There's no basis in this. But that is the feeling in Catalonia right now. So someone somewhere has decided that it was worth torpedoing the whole situation and giving Messi something else to be worried about, something else to be annoyed about while being in Barcelona. And in my eyes, he can only have one lecture, which is whoever did this, wants either to justify themselves for paying Messi that much money. Again, not going to get into, is he worth it just yet? But yeah, trying to torpedo his contract, trying to make it public, trying to make him annoyed, and in my my eyes, um, pushing him further and further out. Yeah, and I think the inclination is to try to turn it into some kind of, you know, murder mystery, where, as you mentioned, the only four copies of this contract, Messi has one of them, Barcelona have another, La Liga has a copy, and so does Catracasis, the law firm used by Messi to litigate this contract. So it was obviously, as you said, leaked to discredit Messi. And I don't know currently why anyone who's still at the club would be motivated to try to, as they said, ruin Messi, that's in quotes, like this, because those financial problems are on the new president anyway. So it's not this temporary group's job to clean it up and it won't be blamed on them no matter what happens. Messi's contract and everything related to Messi, that's getting pinned on Bartomeu and the old administration. That's the whole thing about Carlos Tusquets that you spoke about on last week's show. He's still in charge in this moment when this kind of crisis happens and that's kind of the problem altogether that he's still in charge. But he's not going to be pinned. None of this is going to be pinned on him. The only thing that Carlos Tusquets is ever going to get any flack about is that he was in charge for too long and in the midst of this pandemic couldn't get the election going on. So anybody related to his circle doesn't make any sense for them to push forward this contract or spill it out into the media. Uh, Obviously, Messi wouldn't do it himself. So it is most likely someone associated with the club at one point or another that I would say, again, is it's more motivated that someone not at the club anymore would leak it as opposed to someone currently at the club. But as I said, you almost get into the murder mystery of it. Now, the two big problems I have with this, as I mentioned, 
The contract that people are talking about, just in the sheer numbers, does not take into account the revenue that Messi earns the club. And again, it forces us to ask is if Messi is worth it. But if the Barca sporting project had been better over the last few years and Barca had won more trophies, then yes, obviously it's all worth it. Because the debt that Barca is in comes down to the transfers they shouldn't have made and did make. Not necessarily the contract that Messi and the club negotiated. He was already a member of the club at the time. He was already a player at the club. And if Laporta is to be believed, Messi still generates a third of Barca's income. And where Barca has lost all this revenue is on the sheer number of people, as we've spoken about in recent weeks. The number of fans that have not been able to go to the museum, that have not been in the stadium, that uh, collected with COVID. And then you couple that with the transfers of Coutinho, Griezmann, Dembele, and then they add up that way. That more than covers Messi's contract, even though he is the the best well-paid athlete in the entire world, even though Barca are forking over 550 Five, sorry, 555 million euros. There we go. Keep getting it. So 555 million euros for Messi. The amount of income that he does still generate winds up being a different class. You're talking about a different equation, almost breaking the scales there for what it is. And the other point that I agree with you, the club agreed to these numbers. How is that Messi's fault? It's, it's negotiated in this way. And I don't think of it as, is this what he's worth? It's more the reality that this is what the greatest player ever to play costs in today's market. He's the one who sets his own market and then all the other great players kind of have to negotiate based on the market he has. And the last little point here is that the latest is 39 million euro loyalty payment due in July if he stays or leaves. And so the reason we're talking about it is because the club got itself in this financial strait of a situation. We wouldn't talk about Messi's contract if the club was financially doing well. So this is leaked because the club is it's flirting with bankruptcy because the club is flirting with financial ruin. And that's why we're talking about this right now. But in, if, if Barca were winning trophies and revenue was fine and the pandemic didn't, didn't happen, then this would be forgotten in a day. It's not a story. Yep. Um, I think that we are, when it comes to justifying whether he's worth it, I think we are, it's a pointless debate. Um, it's whether you want to have the best club in the world or one of the other clubs, you know, and this is not someone that, we spent a lot of money going to sign. This is someone who came through our ranks. Um, I think people sort of tend to forget that as well because the cost of getting Messi to the first team is absolutely zero. Um, whereas if we had signed, for example, I know I've said Umtiti twice here now, but signing Umtiti, you have to find the, the transfers fee first and then all the wages you've paid them. Now, in your argument, which I agree with, uh, you were sort of arguing that Messi's value in a way relates to the money that he's making, but that doesn't apply to any other player. Like right. how many Umtiti t-shirts have we sold? How, how much return have we had on the money we invested on Coutinho, for example? Um, are we going to start judging Griezmann or continue to judge Griezmann because of the amount of um, revenue he makes in terms of sponsorships with uh, shaving cream products? No, we, we, we are a football club. Anyone who works for the club, any player that plays for us, plays for us. We don't sign pet players because they're going to sell T-shirts. You know, I, I like to think that we're not that sort of club. So Real Madrid in the past have justified the amount of money they paid for, for players by saying that they, in the early Florentino Perez days, they're like, oh yeah, but Beckham is going to sell 227 million T-shirts or whatever. It, it makes no sense to justify a player like that. You sign players because they're going to contribute on the pitch and they're going to help the team win titles. And I think at this moment in his career, said this 10, 15 years ago, but at this moment in his career, 33 years old, he's helped Barca win more 
collective titles than the bus has ever won in any other part of our 130 years of history. I think that talking about how much he gets paid is, is nonsensical. But if we are going to talk about how much he gets paid, he gets paid not that much more than I thought he was going to get paid anyway. <laughs> um, you need, you've got 555 million euros, but that's over four years. Uh, this is, as you've already mentioned, and I think everyone knows, is the best player to ever play the game at his peak, arguably at 33, possibly not. But, you know, he's, he's close to it. And I think he's worth the money. I'm sorry, I think he's worth the money. And, you know, if I was going to choose how to build the team, I'd probably have Messi at his peak earning that much money and 10 players from Barca B. I think that even if you did that, paying money, paying the money that Messi is worth is justifiable. We wouldn't have, honestly, I don't think we'll have a fifth of the amount of listeners we got to this podcast if Messi wasn't in our club. Easy. I don't think yeah. that a lot of people that have joined the club over the last 10, 15 years and, and stayed, hopefully, some of them, you know, bandwagon, if we win, we come. If we don't win, we leave. But I think there's a lot of people who are here to stay that will probably love Barca forever and by extend their families, etc. So the brand FC Barcelona is much, much, much more valuable because Messi is part of it. And the moment that Messi stops being part of it, Messi will be history of our club. And again, that's another win. So even if you pay him, you know, 120 million euros a season, as I said, Messi, best player ever at his peak, I think is justifiable because of the impact today, the impact this year, the impact in a decade, and the impact in a hundred years' time. Yep, yep, all those points. Yeah, I'll just reiterate again that I think the only reason we're discussing this, the reason it was leaked, is because of the position that the club is currently in because of all that's gone wrong. And I, again, continue to raise my eyebrows more to, and I know we're not talking about the same amount of money, but everything with Messi seems to be done above board in this way with his contract. In when you take in some of the, again, I keep saying it, but some of the fees that were paid for Brazilian players because Barca basically almost have a policy that, hey, Brazil is a major market for FC Barcelona. I believe it's number two in terms of total sales behind Spain. So you have to have some kind of Brazilian connection. So Barca have been willing to overpay for Coutinho and pay for Mateus Fernandez and just pay for the hope that even Gustavo Mai at 19 years old, that he was more than a 19-year-old should have been. But yes, he might have some potential, but he was bought, I mean, even on talent evaluation, he was bought largely with the hope that if you get him into the first team ever, that he'll be able to sell. It's an exciting Brazilian young attacker, and then you can push it on the Brazilian markets in that way. So I think that for me is a lot more cynical than the Messi stuff. And and as you mentioned, that we're seeing that even with the club, and this is, we're going to actually talk about the, the match on the other side of the break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's hit that now. 
And I think connected to the Messi contract, Frances, was the Barca versus Athletic Club game. 2-1 winners to Barca. And it wasn't just Messi who had a little bit to be motivated by. I'm actually... I, I, we could start with Messi, but I actually want to start talking about Oscar Mangueza and Samuel Umtiti from that match because related to... If you want to talk about reports that the club leaked that were bad news, that report from the club that was leaked about Eric Garcia and how <laughs> Samuel Umtiti, his injury issues made him not good enough and Oscar Mangueza, he can't, uh, his preparedness for big games is just not up to snuff. I think these two responded with, this was Mangueza's best non-Champions League match of his career and as far as the quality of the opponent, because his other two really good matches were, one at least was against Dinamo Kiev, and I think the other one was against Ferran Varos. I thought those were his two, not even statistical, but those were his best matches. And against that competition, it makes sense. But Athletic Club is a, a big step up, especially this one, Marcelino. Athletic Club had only lost one match since Marcelino take o- took over, and it was the first one against Barcelona. They had won five straight since that time, including a demolition of Hadafe 5-1 and wins over Barcelona and Real Madrid. So this athletic club at this moment, even though they're 11th in the table, was nothing to bat your eyes out. And Mingueta, I thought he had his, yeah, one of his best performances in the Barca shirt. Uh, defensively, him and Alba are still a liability. They are what they are. But once again, we saw good and the bad from Jordi Alba. This is the player he is. And Oscar Mingueta on the other side. Defensively, Royal Garcia got in behind him for the first goal. And again, Alba was on the other side of it. Uh, but overall, the way that Alba and Mingueta impacted that game as then Barcelona could have won that game more 2-1 as, as I always say it was closer to 3-1 than it was to 1-1 if you will Barca were always going to get that second goal there was a confidence in the way that the team was moving the ball and a big part of that as well is as we've talked about in recent weeks Umtiti's ability on the ball and as we keep saying and rehashing that if Coleman has Umtiti and Langley almost even on the depth chart because Umtiti also looks as healthy as he's looked since 2018 I mean, we see him physically. He was dealing with Inaki Williams. And I said on the match review yesterday, and if anyone, there's another plug for the YouTube video I had about Erlen Holland. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but watch the YouTube video. But in that video, I talked about how Inaki Williams, his top speed is clocked at second in the top five leagues. He runs more than 22 miles per hour or 34.5 kilometers per hour. He's one of the fastest players in all of world football. And Umtiti did a pretty good job dealing with him while Araujo was the one who kept using his superior speed to range out and cut out attacks and make sure that Athletic Club couldn't get anything going through the middle. So Umtiti and Araujo, it was a really good tandem. And you could start to make the argument that with PK out, so we're really just talking about Lengley and the idea that Mingueta could also be a center back. But of the four there with PK out, is your best center back option Umtiti and Araujo? I think the answer might be yes, because the team definitely moves the ball a lot better and they control a match in a way that we expect Barca to control matches. And you cannot, it's hard to say that they do the same thing with the legs on the field. No, there's not really much to disagree with that in there. Um, I think that the fact that Araujo is not even mentioned as a possible debatable player is, um, is the better news. Um, I think that he has established himself in a way that it's admirable, to be honest. Um, we always knew that he had the attributes and he had the willingness um, to, to, to be there. But I think that the fact that he's been trusted with the minutes and then he's responded to the minutes so well is, is the bigger news. I mean, between Lengle and Umtiti, on a, they're both fully fit bases. Umtiti was always ahead of, of Lengle mm-hmm. and obviously Mingueza at, at this moment in time as well. So I think that he would be he would be ahead. The thing is, the big question mark is, how much longer is he going to for? Um, I think that we can see with Dembele as well. It looks like Barca are training better. They're preparing better. He need to show um, his worth because, you know, he, he is a good player. It's just he hasn't shown it for so many years that we sort of sort of forgot 
or we are to be wary when we are seeing it. Um, and going back to your original point about the leakages, well, be, okay, two things. Writing a report like that on your squad, if your job is to improve the squad, is absolutely fine. Right. I think that it is the job of the, the, the sporting director or the scouts or whoever wrote that report to be honest and have an analysis of what, of what is seen. Obviously, that's their job because without those critical sort of, well, it is, it is highly critical, those critical, difficult conversations, reports, write-ups, they are uncomfortable to write, but then you will not improve an institution, in this case, obviously, a football, a football team, a, a squad, um, without analyzing and being critical and seeing if there's something better elsewhere. Having said that, this is not for public domain. Right. It should never have been anything shared with us and, and with the world for us to discuss. And again, it is embarrassing and it is a sign, as we've, we said in, in part one, in terms of the, the messy situation, the messy leakage, another leakage of things that shouldn't be going, um, shouldn't be going out to the public and are damaging the club. Now, whether Tusquets or anyone associated with him is doing this on purpose, we don't know. <laughs> but, but if it's not them, then they really need to hire the photocopy guy because he's really not making them any justice. And that's the point that we, we do a podcast. So we like content. We like to talk about what's happening. And so, yeah, it's the leakages are all content to be discussed. But it's stuff that I would prefer didn't come out because it means the club is being run a little bit better. All of these leakages yeah. make you worry about the institution itself. And, and that's the frustrating part. Now, I do want to give a compliment here. You mentioned Araujo. Here's a stat for you. 959 different outfield players have played 900 minutes in the top five European leagues this season. Only one of them has not been dribbled past even one time. Can you guess that player? Oh, I guess I said it was a Ronald Araujo. But yes, it's Ronald oh, Araujo. I thought it was... I thought it was Jordi Alba. It was not Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba oh, is, okay. averages around three times he's dribbled past in a game, which is, it's, right, not, okay. it's, not, it's actually bottom half of starting left backs in the Liga, but that's a different point. The point is, Araujo, for as much as you can speak about his ceiling as a, a player who can play the ball on the ground and can dribble, he doesn't really dribble with the ball too well either. He makes early decisions, but he is, as we talked about, there is a, a way that Barca can go about their center back pairing, and it is a ball-playing center back, somebody who's going to be able to dribble the ball, take up space, and deal with one of the two threats if it's a 4-4-2. And then the other one can just be a Rajo, somebody who's going to completely lock it down in the back. And I know there have not been a lot of clean sheets lately, but Barca are getting results. That's the most important point here, that yes, they got the goal in, but Athletic Club deserve their goal. And it's okay when the other team deserves and earns their goals but Barcelona with a far superior team in this match and one of those big reasons as I talked about it as we move up the field here is the movement from the forwards to create space for one another was the best version of what we saw because Athletic Club now this is your third time meeting them in January and that's too many times to see the same opponent in a short amount of time but I was really happy to see that the way Athletic Club tried to set themselves up here was to play very narrow with that back four Kappa was really tucked in same thing with Yuri as a left back and Barca were using the width well. And it wasn't just necessarily Alba or Dembele hugging the touchline. That does, that does not what, what width needs to mean. Width was that Barcelona were playing inside out. Messi was getting space. And maybe it was because he was in a mood. Maybe because he was feeling something. But Messi kept having the ability and the space to dribble through Athletic Club in the middle of the field. And his teammates, whether it was Pedri, Dembele, Griezmann, Alba... Uh, and even Mingueza later on in the game as well. That's why the second goal winds up happening. They were using that space properly and going out and around 
that back line for Athletic Club. If they're going to play a high line, then you've got to exploit the space that is available to you. And we can get on Messi that he missed Brathwaite there in the 93rd minute. He missed Pedri earlier on where you had a three-on-two on multiple occasions for Barcelona. And that is, to me, a good sign because not only did they get the victory, but they were the better team. And the little things that we're looking for, like De Jong continuing his fine form, Pedri still putting in a good performance. Pjanic, I think, is one of the ones where, if we're going to be a little negative, he doesn't really fit as the pivot. But in this instance, when the rest of your individual players are playing that well, it winds up being workable. So even Pjanic playing out of position, not really making too much sense, made everything make sense. And I also want to compliment, as I continue to be positive here, the defensive shifts by everybody took the pressure off the back line. So Alba and Guetha don't have to be elite individual defenders because Dembele really put in a shift there. I actually have more compliments for Dembele from that match defensively than I do offensively. And we know what he brings offensively in terms of chaos and adding width as well. So what he did to help Mingueza, he allowed Mingueza to come forward because he was doing his defensive job. And on the other side, Griezmann and Pedri supporting Alba in the way that they should have allowed Barca to use that width as well. So I'm really happy to see that even if Pianis doesn't fit or you have one position that's kind of out of place or Alba it doesn't really have the best match. Still, you have enough individuals that fit in this system. And that is a true testament to what Coleman has worked through and the point of progress that this team is in right now at second in the table. You may in passing there, but I think that the contribution Pedri is offering defensively, in a way, is outweighing his offensive skills, which we know are varied. And obviously, they will continue to grow, hopefully, over the next 10 years. I've got very little to add, just to say and reinforce the point you made at the end that you know, people are very critical of Kuman, or they were very critical of Kuman around six weeks ago, five weeks ago, when we were losing pretty much consistently due to very, very careless lack of, of not even motivation, but attention and readiness by Baca Sagradas, uh, which are the veterans, the sacred cows, but also some of the youngsters as well. And the moment that these sort of silly mistakes have finished, or they've minimized at least, that we have started to win. Now, this is not for me to say that Kuman is the perfect coach for Barca. I don't think the perfect coach for Barca ever exists. I think the closest thing we ever had was Guardiola and Johan Cruyff, and we might stop counting because everyone else you can arguably criticize uh, anyone who's ever coached us. So, in a year in which you know we've got a coach that arrived in the summer that didn't get many many signings that he wanted, in, in fact, any signings that he wanted. He waited for the transfer window in the winter, so now, and asked for not much, really. He wanted Memphis Depay at 5 million euros and wanted Eric Garcia at 3, 2 million euros, and he's very likely not going to get either of those. Obviously, that lack of reinforcement would normally mean that Barca goes the season without winning much at all, uh, which I think we're still not going to win La Liga, unfortunately, even though that we've... Not, not because Atletico are going to win every game, but I just don't think we will either. I don't think that, I think that the difference that Atletico have, it's insalvable. I don't think we can recover that points deficit. I may be being too pessimistic. Hopefully I am. Yeah. But that, that's how I feel at the moment. Um, but I think that credit needs to go to the manager for doing what he's doing with the players he has and the amount of injuries that he's had as well uh, while giving so many youngsters so many minutes. Obviously, in two weeks' time, if he starts making stupid substitutions again, we'll criticize him again. But I think that will, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. I think there's going to be a chance to criticize him very, very soon. But just for this week, yeah. based on everything that we are seeing, I think that Kuman is doing fairly well. And, um, you know, the moment La Pelotita deja de entrar, the moment the little ball 
stops going to the back of the net, we're criticizing once again. But I think that what he's doing is remarkable, even if results turn a little bit ugly sometimes. So, so in my eyes, I think we're quite balanced in the pot, but you cannot sort of throw him and burn him alive when we lose three matches. I don't think we should put in a pedestal right now. It's just, I think what's happening now is a continuation of players hitting their groove, understanding what the manager wants. Um, the, the, the player's form is not too bad just yet. I think that unless there's more rotation, players will be very tired, but hopefully yeah. we've got Ansu Fati coming back soon, uh, Piquet coming back hopefully in three, four weeks' time. Sergio Roberto's already back, and you know you can argue Sergio Roberto shouldn't be a regular starter, but he definitely should be someone coming on in the second half or starting against you know teams in the lesser part of the table, if you want to call it that. So there's a lot of... Um, caveat there's a lot of elements that contribute to this but I think that Kuman's doing a fairly good job so far yeah and when it comes to Barcelona season this is the Barcelona podcast we think of everything through the lens of Barcelona but I saw a, a cool stat I can't remember exactly off the top of my head but Barcelona and Real Madrid their point totals from this season I believe are just two and for Real Madrid three less than what they had last season or vice versa where Barcelona is three less and Real Madrid are two so they're basically on the pace that they had last season Atletico Madrid has four, or rather 15 points more than they had at this time last season. So this is not a Barca and Real Madrid are lesser than they were even last season. They're kind of doing what they were last year. It's a similar race in the table. But Atletico Madrid is in incredible form. That they're in ridiculous form. And you continue to talk about the Pichichi leader in Luis Suarez. And I continue to say the same thing every week. That I know he's playing great. I know he's playing out of his mind. The point was that Barcelona still should have got rid of Luis Suarez. That was the right thing to do. They just should have hoped that he didn't go to Atletico Madrid. He went to the wrong place, but getting rid of him was the right thing. If he goes anywhere else, that club isn't winning La Liga, right? And if he goes outside of La Liga, then Barcelona don't have to deal with him and don't have to deal with the ramifications of a team being built around helping him get goals, especially late on, where they have been clutch. They have been, again, defensively sound, and they have been almost perfect this season. So that's a compliment to Atletico Madrid. They deserve to win the Liga title if they do this season. But as you mentioned, Frances, in the same way that Barca players might get a little long in the leg as the, uh, that's not the phrase, but as they tend to, as they get tired as the season goes on, Atletico Madrid players might have the same thing. Remember, uh, Luis Suarez didn't get younger by going to Atletico Madrid. He looks rejuvenated and ready to go, but this is actually the same or similar number that he scored at Barcelona. So he, he does know how to put the goal, goals in the back of the net, but Luis Suarez does have a habit of getting tired late in the spring with Champions League. When all of those start to add up in those big matches, he does. But 15 points or whatever it is at this moment, or 12 or 11, 10 points with a, with games in hand. I mean, it's going to be tough for Barcelona. But again, that La Liga table to me isn't about Barca or Real Madrid this season. It's about the success of Atletico Madrid. And I also want to parrot your point about the depth, that one of the things that Barca could potentially utilize to get back in the Liga table is that even though Depay and Wijnaldum and Garcia didn't show up in January... The depth of the squad and the overall form is clicking really well in, I mean, we're beginning February. PSG is two weeks away. So you're talking big, big matches less than two weeks away. Ansu Fadi could be back for that. As you mentioned, Sergio Roberto has returned and Dest will be back as well. So now you have three right backs in Mingueza, Dest, and Roberto where you say, hey, any of those players can start against 
I mean, Minguetta just started against Athletic Club, so I almost there's almost no excuse about what team in the Liga you're going to face, where whether it's Real Betis or Huesca, whoever it may be, you now have three back, uh, three right backs rather that can play in that position. So yeah, you talk about Junior Furpo's form, but there's still Copa del Rey for him to start, and he's done fine in Copa del Rey, and they they're getting results and moving on in that competition as well. So the depth of this squad, especially when Ansu Fati comes back in what could be two weeks against PSG, this is a squad that you have as we as we've talked about. You have 12 of your maybe 15 players that normally play who are in form only, and Coutinho is probably out for the year. And I would argue that Coutinho being around at the beginning or first two or three months of this season coincides with Barca not being able to fit all of these pieces into the, or square pegs into round holes. And this is no disservice to Coutinho, but he's the odd man out. He doesn't make sense in the best Barcelona. I look at this 4-3-3 and I say, where does Coutinho fit? Who do you take out? Pedri as that interior, left interior? No. Do you take out the left winger? No, as in Griezmann. He does more than than, than Coutinho does in that position. So Coutinho, unfortunately, it's not a disservice to the player. He just doesn't fit in this Barcelona squad the way that they're constructed. And they're almost better without him in that De Jong was able to figure out exactly who he is. Pedri figured out where he belonged best. And Coleman was able to put and institute his 4-3-3 and get the best out of a lot of different players. And even Sergio Roberto at right back or as the right interior he winds up fitting in that position as well. So this is a system that we thought it was going to be the 4-2-3-1, but the 4-3-3 works best for the most amount of players. Unfortunately, Coutinho and Pjanic are odd mans out, and now we go all the way back to the Messi contract, and I ask, were those necessary purchases? Did you have to get Coutinho? Did you have to get Pjanic? And the answer then was no, and the answer now, still on the field as we talk about those things, winds up being no. Yeah, I mean, with the Pjanic purchase, I think it's very clear that was like um, sure, getting yeah, metal yeah. the year before. That's just um, maquillaje. That's just making up the numbers, um, right. so that the socios in the in the big assemblea actually approved the, the the accounts. But I think that you know whatever I don't want to say too much, but whatever went on at the time, I think that whenever a new president comes, they do an auditoria, which is an audit. Um, they start looking at all the numbers and they'll. They lift out the carpets and, you know, God knows what's going to be under there. Uh, but, you know, that's that's just what the exercise is. And I fully agree with your points. And as for Coutinho, it's, you know, it's extraordinary, especially, you know, no one really knew there was a pandemic coming and that the situation of the economy of the world was going to be what it is. But Barca could really, really do with the money that they invested on Coutinho back in their bank. And not just the salary, not just the, the transfer fee, but also the salary over these years. The fact that he had to be loaned out to to Bayern Munich, and because uh, it was clear he couldn't really be a starter in a larger sort of competing for major trophies in Europe team at all. And unfortunately, the guy is now unsellable. Um, there is no way that any one club in the world will be able to to be crazy enough to go for him, uh, match his wages, um, pay anything for the guy. You know, I think that unfortunately we're probably going to have to swallow up the contract wait until it expires and then we'll just have to release him but um in a way and it's quite nasty to say this but i think Coutinho being injured has helped Barca become what they are today and if the young and pedri and even griezmann to an extent you know because he's improving as well and just in january for example he scored five goals given four assists we i would sign that any every single month month from any striker we've ever yeah. had you know if he if griezmann is able to repeat those numbers every month that he ends up a season with 40 goals any striker at Barca in Barca history other than Messi and probably um, Brazilian Ronaldo which is the only Ronaldo we've had um, they probably got, got better numbers than that but 
five goals a month is is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's more than Romario was managed to score. It's more than Terry Henry, and it's on par with Eto and even Luis Suarez himself. So that's a really good return. So and it's another of the things that we are seeing this season that are improving. Uh, you can say it's down to Kuman's um, tweaking of the system. Maybe the the stars just align. We don't know why why it is. Maybe. Because I don't think Griezmann's been more professional this season than in the previous season. He just yeah. happens to be in a better environment. But when all of these factors happen, and you have to say that Coutinho being around has actually been better for everybody else. So unfortunately, that's probably the end for him at the club. And we expected, I mean, if he did have resale value, he, it would have been the end of the club prior to this moment. And going back to it again, it's, it's unfortunate that we wind up harping on Coutinho here because... The positive thing, and I know that no fans in the stand does make being home or away a little different, but being away from home, especially during the pandemic, never easy. But Barca, they had eight matches straight on the road and won eight of nine of them. So it's not like Barca are in any way struggling at this moment. And so the good form that we're speaking about should be pointed out. That One of those wins also being the penalty shoot against Real Sociedad in the Spanish Super Cup. So technically it's a draw, but the point is winning eight of nine matches, emotionally winning eight of nine matches, this is a team full of confidence and as negative as Francesc can I, and, and I can try to be in what we still consider a transition season, this is a team who is operating and clicking on all cylinders right now. And as I keep saying, we're two weeks away from watching Barcelona play against PSG and that's the big test. That is where all of this good form, that is where all of this good, these good vibes and these good feelings, that's where this is going to be, be brought to the forefront, where can Messi continue to be what we've seen now in about the last month and a half? He scores his 650th goal for Barcelona against the Athletic Club, 49th free kick goal, and also his first two free kick goals of the season have come in the last three weeks as well. I want to mention that, that it's a lot of things that are coinciding, and, and as I said, I think last week and two weeks ago, that Messi... I know that Messi is always kind of in form. He's never out of form. <laughs> he's never he's never actually as bad as everyone else. However, he seems to be regaining his form in a way he didn't have it at the start of the year when he just seemed banged up. He seemed like he was getting into the season slow, still dealing with the emotional baggage of all that. But since that interview that he gave, he, or the most recent interview, rather, that he gave, he seems to be finding spaces better. He seems to be putting the ball in the back of the net, more, more importantly as well, whether it's free kicks or in open play. And so having Messi playing well, having the team winning as much as they are, Coleman has got this team clicking, and he basically has to make sure the wheels don't fall off in the next two weeks as Barca prepare to play PSG. But other than that, I mean, they're ready to go. And yes, if you're knocked out of the Copa del Rey on Wednesday against Granada, that would be a sour point. But the way that Barca are playing this season at this moment, and even Granada, they played them uh, just over a month ago and smashed Granada 4-0. So Barcelona know how to play against that kind of team. And they got to keep taking care of business. So I'm very fortunate. And Frances, I, I'll leave you with a final positive point here because there's really nothing else to say. I think we're going to cut this podcast a little bit shorter than we normally do because, you know, the, <laughs> the messy stuff bad. Barcelona against Athletic Club, I know it was just 2-1, but that's good. It is good. It is good. I think also looking ahead at the Champions League, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to do this, I think that we are in a better position emotionally, mentally, than we've probably ever been. We are not favorites. No one really expects us to do anything. We still have Messi, so that's always going to be a plus. Uh, PSG made the final last season. They seems they seem to be nowadays seem to be the rockstar team with the you know the Jordan and Neymar and Mbappe with blue hair and all that stuff. So we're just a team that everyone had already counted out last year, 
team that lost 8-2 in the last Champions League uh, final game of the season. We were trashed by Roma and we had the backups at Liverpool, etc., etc., etc. So got nothing to lose. We do have a point to prove. Uh, maybe it's a little bit too early in the development of this current sort of crop of growing players to, to get there. Who knows? But I think that mentally we do, we do have the advantage. Um, not having the pressure off is great. And then again, two months ago, ourselves in the podcast would have never believed that we would be second in La Liga right now and two weeks away from, from PSG with actually, unless we mess it up, and as you mentioned, we don't go off the rails, we do have a chance of progression. I think that yeah. anyone would have signed that, even though we're not leading La Liga to uh, much better than ordinary, the ordinary Atletico Madrid. So bring it on, see, see what we can do. Right, and Barcelona in Champions League have not won as the underdog in a very, very long time. And that's the thing where can Barcelona get over the hill and win games they're not supposed to win, if that makes any sense. So we'll, again, we'll, we'll preview the Champions League and PSG and all that future podcast because the one final point I want to make before we leave is the Barca Femini did crush Real Madrid in the, again, makeshift El Clasico because the real El Clasico in the Femini version is Athletic Madrid, Atletico Madrid against Barca Femini. Atletico Madrid actually did deliver the Barca Femini their only loss of the season. It came in the Supercopa. So that did sour things because the Femini weren't able to win that trophy. But for this squad, they are running away with the Primera Division and Champions League, as we talked about, is where they are going to be judged as well. The one thing to look up from this match, a galazzo from Alexia Puteas, her 100th La Liga goal for Barcelona. So congratulations to her. And for Barcelona this season, 73 goals for, three against in the league. This is a team that is operating and clicking on all cylinders. So not only is the men team finding their form at the moment, but the Barca Femini have been in form all season long. So check them out. But we want to thank you for checking us out today on the podcast. So thanks so much for tuning in. You can tap in your app and check out the show to subscribe. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod or Health and D13 for me on Instagram at the Barcelona Pod. Closed Facebook group. You know where that is. TBPod.link backslash group. Deeper dives and discussions. And as I made the call out about Patreon and we read all those names, it'll be a few more weeks before I do that, but we have seen some new Patreons. So thank you so much for them to joining on Patreon at tvpod.link backslash Patreon to help us continue to make these shows. We're also on YouTube at the Barcelona Podcast. As I mentioned earlier, there is no transfer rumors to be spoken about. There is no transfers to be done in this January window. But I basically made the argument that Erlen Holland is the only player that Barcelona should go out and purchase in the next at least year and a half. They shouldn't, everyone else should be a free transfer or come from the academy. They should only make one actual transfer signing or uh, pay one transfer free. There we go. That's the term. Transfer fee. They should pay one transfer fee, I think, for the next year and a half. So I tried to make that argument over there and disprove the idea that Herlin Allen isn't necessarily a Barca fit. I think he's more than a Barca fit. So check that out. And then when you're there, hit the subscription button. That also helps us out. Thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon in Forza Barca. Forza. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.